special morning here this morning. We got what we call Elder Sunday, where you're going to hear from our elders today, and you'll hear a little bit from me. But before we bring them up and introduce them, we want to uh, welcome all of our kids that are here today. Our directors are ready for you guys at the back. Y'all give our kids a good hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Amen. We know our kids are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has great and mighty plans for their life. They'll be leaders on this earth and leaders among this generation and the next. And we're so excited about what God is doing through TWBC Kids and all the amazing things God's also doing through Rage Student Ministries. They had their New Year's bash and packed out the sanctuary with an amazing uh, night with full of youth. And so we're excited at all that God is doing right here in 2017 as we're gearing up for 2018. As we are gearing up for 2018, if you would begin to grab your Bibles this morning, open them up to the the book of Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four is where we're going to get started on today. If you did not pick up your new bulletin for the month of January 2018, grab it there on the uh, foyer in the back. If a TWBC Connect person didn't hand one to you this morning, hey, on the front of it, it says this, the 21-day prayer and fast. We want you guys to jump on board with us on the date of uh, January the 10th. It's the second Wednesday in January. We're going to kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, I'm not to this place spiritually where I can give up some of this stuff like food for 21 days and stuff. I want you to fast something. Just fast something. And what do you mean by when you say fast something? Well, come on January 3rd, that Wednesday, and we'll have a whole sermon on fasting. But a quick overview is this. Whatever you choose to give up for 21 days, you're not just giving up something. You're saying, I'm going to choose to seek God during that time frame of what I would normally be doing. Some of us may need to fast social media. And instead of every time you would click on Facebook, you go and get your face in his book or go before his face and get into his presence, for 21 days, how would that revolutionize your life? Some of you may be called to give up food for 21 days or coffee for 21 days or Dr. Pepper for 21 days or something of that nature like Mountain Dew um, for 21 days. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just saying. I just, so, so God may be calling you to give up something for 21 days, but you're not giving up something. You're seeking his face instead of relying on what you would normally rely on. So jump in with us for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Then also on the back of your bulletin, hey, next Sunday we begin our new service times, 9 o'clock and 1045. And so be here at 830 and you're here early and we'll call you as the ones that are the overachievers, the overcomers, more than a conqueror. Amen. You showed up uh, 15 minutes early rather than uh, 15 minutes late. That's awesome. So keep coming at 8.30. You'll be here on time for the 9 o'clock service. Also, base group kicks off next Sunday night. We're back in swing on January the 7th, and we got some awesome new stuff. Y'all like the new base group logo that uh, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Corey and Pastor Damon came up with? I think it looks awesome, and so we're excited about that. Hey, on the bottom of your bulletin, though, um, we got two conferences that are coming up in January. One is a Kid Men conference. You may be thinking, what is Kid Men? Kid Men is this. It's kids ministry. It's a conference to train you, to equip you, how to lead kids. And if you, even if you're not involved as a minister of TWBC Kids, come because you are the priest of your house. You need to know how to minister to your kids at home. Listen, we have your kids a maximum of, of, of two hours a week. And you expect us to change their world, let heaven come to earth in their life, and they become the Apostle Paul reincarnate, <laughs> giving us two hours a week, when you have them way more than that. So I want to encourage you, you're the priest of your house. Come and get training on how to lead your kids in the ways of God. And then also we have a Freedom Conference coming in March. You can go ahead and sign up for both of those if you're interested in, and somebody will be giving you a phone call on how you can take part in those conferences. And so now that you found in your Bibles the book of Ephesians... 
chapter number 4. I want us to kick off in verse number 11 this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And the Bible says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And at TWBC, we want to focus on that a lot this year, that he's given us uh, great ministers in the church to equip the people of the church to do the work of the ministry. That means go reach the city that we live in. Amen. And so what we want to focus on in the year 2018 is we want to focus on equipping you. We want to invest so much into you, so much time, energy, effort, and things into your life of the Spirit of God that you literally begin to produce fruit at a level that you've never experienced before. Amen? Does that sound like fun? Everybody say amen if that sounds like fun. In other words, we want you to be the Christian that you always dreamed about being. Right? We want you to be the Christian that you always dream about being. The person that you say that you know is on the inside of you, I wish I would have just stepped out and did that. By the end of 2018, you're going to step out and do that, amen? And you're going to begin to transform the world that, that you live in. And so as we kick off this morning, um, in a minute I'll introduce you to a couple of the elders that are going to come up and speak this morning. But I want to talk to you about how our church is set up at TWBC. And um, you'll hear terms like this all the time and in churches, well, what's your government structure? How are you guys set up? And I want to just briefly talk to you about how amazing um, God has done things in our church and as he's put church government in place. And governance is this. It's the deployment of authority and accountability. Governance is this. It's the deployment of authority and accountability. The function of government is to release authority to leadership and hold leadership accountable for their use of that authority. So in that, when the church government structure is set up, they release authority into me to lead the church, but they also hold me accountable for leading the church. Right? It's not that I can just sit in an office chair all day and do nothing. They hold me accountable to make sure I'm leading and leading at a high level. And so, listen, when a church chooses its government, it molds and shapes and casts the destiny of the church. So when we chose our church government, we knew that we were going to mold and shape and cast the destiny of this church. And, and we're excited about where TWBC is headed. And when we did that, we set up the church to be like this, a place for you to be planted, fruitful, and flourishing. We want to provide a place for you to get planted, be fruitful, and flourish in your life, according to Psalm 92.13. That's why we say it every Sunday. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. The thing about being planted is if you're planted in the right place and in the right environment, you'll not just produce fruit, but you'll flourish in that life. So it's our heart's desire that you find a place to get planted as the church is going to pour into, your, pour into your life at a high level. Also, it's a place of service, of ministry, and connection. Some of your fruit that is going to be produced is a fruit of service. Actually, one of the greatest spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about is the gift of service. We like to uh, specialize on apostles and prophets and evangelistic people and he's a great teacher, wow, what a great pastor and all these things. But the Bible says one of the greatest gifts, it's a spiritual gift, it's the gift of service. Of people just having the spirit of Christ on the inside of them that says, I'll just step up and serve because there's a place to serve. And let God begin to lead me. And listen, I promise if you'll take a step of faith and do something, he'll lead you to the place that you're called to be. But if you'll never step up and just do something, he'll never get you to, door, to the door that you're called to go through that's going to be the place to get you to where you're supposed to be. 
You know, when, when we first started doing ministry, everybody has this story. I'm sure Pastor Damon can tell you, Pastor Mitch can tell you, Pastor Jeff can tell you that you just had to start somewhere, right? It, it, it didn't just end up, boom, it was dropped in your lap, this great mega awesome ministry where you have 250 youth group kids showing up. You, you know, it didn't just land in da Pastor Damon's lap. You know, he had to start somewhere. He had to just take a step and do something and go somewhere. So I'm going to encourage you that part of you getting equipped and flourishing is stepping out and doing something. It's just stepping in and saying, hey, I'm willing to help just because you need help. I may not be good, but I got a heart of gold that is willing to serve and help. And hey, I'm just going to step in and do my very best. If you'll give God your very best, he'll change your best into the miraculous. And listen, it's not your good qualities that God's looking for because you're confident in your good qualities. It's the areas that you're not so good at that he says, if you'll just surrender to me and serve, I'll show you how in your weakness, I'm an amazing God and my power is made strong in your weakness. So it's not only a place to be planted, fruitful, and flourishing, it's a place of service, a place of ministry, and a place of connection. And thirdly, it's this, a place to be known, providing a platform for service. It's a place for you to be known. It's a place for you to walk in the door and say, hey, I know this person or I know that person. That's why base groups are so uh, uh, amazing at our church. It's a place for you to come in and be known with a group of people in the church that says, I'm home. I can go to these people no matter what, no matter what situation I'm in. It's a place for you to be known, a place to connect, a place for you to grow together and be strong in the things of God. And so as we're going into this and talking about church government, church government provides a backbone of structure for these three things to occur. Now listen, church government has to be predicated on these two foundational principles. Number one is this, theocratic rule. What is that? God is the head of the church is what that means. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> If you ever think I'm the head of this church, you're completely wrong. Amen. God is the head of the church. If church government is ever going to work in its proper form, we all got to realize this. Jesus Christ is still the head of the church. Can I get an amen? amen? Jesus Christ is still ruling and reigning, sitting on the throne with his father. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings, lord of lords. Jesus Christ, according to the word of God, that we believe that is inerrant, that it is true, that we stand on and we stand on the promises of God, says this, that he is the head, we are the body. Amen. And so in that, we believe in theocratic rule, that God is the head of the church. He established it, and he leads it. So God being the head of the church, he established it, he leads it. Also, the other part, you have theocratic rule, and the second is visionary leadership. Jesus said, I can only do what I see my Father doing. God wants to put people in place of leadership that will see what the Father's doing and lead it in a visionary fashion here in the earth. That's why it's called visionary leadership. It's not that we just come up with something. It's the vision for next year. No, we're seeing what the Father's doing, and it's visionary leadership. We're seeing him and how he's working, and we're encouraging the body of Christ to come together and see that with us and work together and lead out in it to see a community change for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, doesn't that reassure you and give you great hope that the church isn't based on Joel T. Meyer? Okay, that gives me great hope and great assurance that the church isn't based on Joel T. Meyer. And I want you to know that the church has never been based on a singular person. It's always been based on the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's never been based on a singular earthly person of Joel T. Meyer's pastor. And so in this, we want to encourage you that how our church is set up is we got singular headship, 
plurality of leadership. What that means is we're senior pastor-led, elder-accountable, staff-empowered. How does that look? It means just like in the Bible, there's several biblical examples. You got Moses and Jethro leading the people, children of Israel. You got Peter who has uh, represented the apostles to the church in Jerusalem. You got Jesus with the 24 elders uh, in, in the book of Revelation. It means God principally, when he says visionary leadership, is give vision to a person, but not complete vision to a person. He may give us the direction, may, and, and as God's been working on us in the last part of 2017, gearing up for 2018, he's given us an amazing direction for 2018 that you'll hear about next year in 2018 on January 7th. You'll hear about that, but he principally gives vision or, or the direction uh, through the singular headship, but it's not alone that it's accomplished, it's accomplished through a plurality of leadership. I bring this, what I feel God is telling the church for 2018 to the elders and to the staff, and I say, how does this look? How does this fit? How does this work? And they begin to look at me and say, well, pastor, I believe God's speaking to me in the same area, and, and, and I believe it looks like this. And the staff says, I believe it looks like this, and it looks like this, and we begin to put pieces together. I would like to phrase it like this. I basically bring the skeleton. They put the flesh, the meat, the bones, and the life into it. Amen. And so when it's singular headship, plurality of leadership, what that means is we're senior pastor-led. That means the buck spiritually stops here, that I stand accountable before God for the church because he's placed me as lead pastor of the church. But I don't stand here alone. I stand here with great accountability from the elders that keep me in check. And then I have great empowerment of the staff that carries the vision forth and accomplishes the vision of the church. Everybody always says, Joel, you're doing a great job visionary leading the church. I'm not visionary leading the church. The staff is doing it. They're carrying it out. It's on their shoulders that it's all done. I'm not up in rage every single week. I'm not with TWBC Kids every single week. I'm not leading TWBC Connect. I'm not up here leading the worship team. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All as I do is I get up here for, it's going to be 30 minutes every Sunday, right? 45 minutes every Sunday twice in the morning, right? That's all I do. And so in that, your staff is the one that carries out visionary leadership. Your staff is the one that's empowering Sulphur Springs to become an amazing place through the work that they're doing through base groups, through, through student ministries, through TWBC Kids, through dynamic worship, through providing an environment for you to have an encounter with God. And so I wanted to tell you this this morning on how we operate how things work. And so, therefore, if you are to come up to one of our elders and say, wow, what about this new worker in the kids' department? They're probably going to say, what new worker in the kids' department? Why would they respond like that? Because governance is not in the day-to-day -day operations. It's setting up the leadership for the next three to five years to push the church forward. So they're looking at it as a perspective from a 10,000-foot viewpoint where your staff is in the trenches day-to-day -day doing the work and accomplishing the empowerment of the vision to go forth. And so if you're going to ask them a question about something that's on a day-to-day -day operational basis, they're probably not going to know the answer because they're not supposed to. They're in governance. They're to help lead and hold accountable and establish the vision. If you want those answers, go to staff. Now, if you want ministry because elders are considered shepherds of the church, they're well-equipped to, to marry, to bury, to love on, to pray with, to intercede for. They're there for all those amazing ministry levels. The staff is there for ministry levels as well, but also for the empowerment to carry out the day-to-day -day operation of the vision of the church. 
And so I wanted to give you that this morning before our elders come so, you're, so you're, you, you get a, a start to get a picture of what it's like working um, behind, the, behind the scenes working of the church is. And so this morning I'm going to ask one of our elders, Cody Stewart, to come on up this morning. He's going to speak to you guys for a minute today. And this morning, uh, one of our other elders, Ronnie, couldn't be here today. He's, um, he's on shift, and he got called in because of the weather, and he's, he's working today. But this is Cody Stewart. Cody, I love you, my man. You're a blessing. Appreciate you. Y'all give Cody one more hand clap this morning. Howdy, y'all. Howdy. How are y'all doing? Good. Remember that I asked that. All right. All uh, right. The guys up in the booth, thank you, fellas. Put up a, yeah, ooh, good job. Good job. Uh, put up John 14, 27. I want to read that. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, when, when I met Jana years ago, Wow, that's been a long time. Uh, she actually used to sing this verse to me. Now, how cool is it that a girlfriend at the time is singing God's Word to you? I love that. I absolutely love that. She hasn't done it in a while. Um, y'all get on to her for me. Tell her she needs to start singing it. But I want to talk to you a little bit about this verse because it's, it's really special to me, not, not simply because she used to sing it, but because there's something in here that I need to be reminded of, and I know that there are some folks in here this morning who need to be able to grab on to something in this verse. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And let's talk a little bit about what it is that he's trying to say here. So let's, let's break it down just a little bit. He said, peace I'll leave with you. Now, uh, some... Uh, some folks back, back then, I guess it was really a social thing. They would, when they would meet one another on the street, they would say, peace be unto you. When they would leave, they might say, peace be unto you, or peace I'll leave with you. Now, this was a really common benediction or greeting back in, in Jesus' time. And it's kind of like if I go up to Mitch in the morning and I shake his hand, hey, Mitch, good to see you. How you doing? That's just a that how are you doing is more often than not, I think if, if you really look at what it is that you're saying, more often than not, you're not really asking them, how are you doing? It's just, it's part of, hello, how are you doing? But that's not what Jesus is trying to say here. So let's move on just a little bit. See, His... His benediction there was sincere. Peace, I leave with you. The next part of that statement is what really makes it a little more, uh, a little more powerful. He says, my peace I give to you. My peace. I think that's where the stress comes in in that. The, the emphasis is on my peace. You know, Paul said in, in Philippians 4, 7 that uh, he, he talks about a peace that passes all understanding. And that's, 
I think about a, a shirt I saw at Walmart that says, I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. Really wanted that shirt. But I think it fits right here because I can tell you how that peace works in my life, but I can't cause you to understand how that peace works. That's God. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit that's giving that peace. You know, you and I can, can give some sort of reassurance. Uh, when uh, there's a, a, a death in a family, when maybe financial things aren't going so great, maybe you have uh, issues at work, you know, I can, I can pat you on the, on the shoulder and hey, peace be unto you. That's so empty, right? Only God can give you exactly what you need for the peace for that time. So Jesus went on to say, not as the world gives do I give to you. Again, we can give some semblance, some kind of, of uh, seems kind of weak, kind of empty reassurance, some kind of peace. But again, it's only Jesus. It's only God who can do that. You see, there are lots of, of names for Jesus in the Bible. One of the coolest ones to me is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He creates it. He seals it in our hearts. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, when we lose somebody in our life, I've, a spouse after 45 years, when uh, we lose a job, I've been laid off from jobs twice. As a man, as a, a breadwinner, let me tell you, being laid off from a job can turn your world upside down. And that's something that, that we have a hard time, I, I think, explaining to our wives just what that does to our hearts when, when we can't provide for our family the way that we think we should be able to. But again, in, in our case, Jana didn't sing it to me, I wish she would have, but she speaks peace over me. And that's what keeps me grounded, is, is knowing that, uh, and sometimes I have to be reminded, but knowing that God has that peace. You see, He, he doesn't want to just stop with, with healing a broken heart. He wants to do that. But that's not where he, where he stops. He wants to, to fill the emptiness that, that some event, some thing has left in our lives, in our hearts. He wants to fill that with His own peace, with His joy, with His gladness with His love, with the things that only He can give us. So remember this verse. When you, when you pray, pray this verse back to God. As we look forward into 2018, uh, if you're like me, you make all these New Year's resolutions that by January 3rd are going to be gone. But resolve in your heart that you're going to look to God in 2018, not just for health, happiness, uh, the things that, that we often ask for, not just for those things. Ask God for the peace that only He can give us. He is the provider. He is the prince 
of peace. I want to introduce our, our next elder to you. I really want to real bad because I can't remember who it is. <laughs> brother John Red. Come on up here, Brother John. You know, one of the things that's just really cool, and I hope you guys can grab a hold of this, um, we're all different. The elders you guys have here, we're different. It, and that's a good thing. I mean, even from the way that we present, uh, I don't quite talk like Cody does. But that's okay. And there's a balance we have. And that's not a word. I just As we are presenting this morning, I really want you guys to, to grab a hold of that. That we are different, and that's a good thing. Amen? Hey, you know, God gave me a word for this year, and it's, it's exciting for me, and I'll share it with you. And he gave me these, these words. He said, John? And I said, yes. He said, trust the thrust. I said, okay. What's that mean? He said, it's not just for you. It's for the body of Christ. Trust the thrust. And he gave me immediately this analogy. And this is the cool, fun part of an F-18 fighter plane catapult launch off an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Picture that for a minute. There's a thousand steps that have to take place. Hundreds of steps have to take place in the moments right before that aircraft takes off. But there are two that are very, very important. There's a little thing that holds that aircraft in place called a holdback bar. And it has to be released or that plane's not going anywhere. The second thing is, is the pilot has to let go of the controls. Yeah. Hmm. Has to let go of the controls. If either one of those aren't done, or they're done out of sequence, something bad's going to happen. And usually that means there's going to be a big splash at the end, right? Two things have to happen for that pilot to complete their mission. What's this mean to us? I believe that this year, very, very specifically, that we have to trust the thrust. And that thrust is God's movement upon our lives. We have to trust that God will thrust us into something that he's already called us into. There's a mission that he has in each one of us. What do we need to do? We have to train and keep training. These pilots train to get to where they are on the aircraft carrier, and they keep training. So what's our training? Our training is spiritual disciplines. We need to be people of prayer, stewardship, study in the Word, fellowship. That's our training. We continue to do that throughout the course of the year. Next, we need to be prepared for the mission, and that's part of our training. But in each one of us, God has already put a mission. You believe that? If you you got to believe that. Every single person in this room, God's got a mission for us. He's already put that mission into us. It's up to us to understand what that mission is. With the training we receive, along with the support of our fellowship, then we're going to be aligned. We'll be positioned on deck to be launched into what God has for us. So what do we need to do? we got to give the thumbs up to the Holy Spirit. We have to say, okay, God, I'm ready. 
You've positioned me here. Here's my mission. Here's the thumbs up. Release the whole back bar. And let him thrust us into our mission. Got a short video. Thirty thousand pounds of thrust. Catapult at thirty thousand pounds of pressure. Pilot sitting in the cockpit, and that little red bar you saw up there is holding the whole thing back. If that little red bar doesn't get released, guess what? Plane runs out of gas, pilot gets tired, and the mission never, ever takes place. We got to recognize something, folks. Where's the whole back bar in us? What little thing is keeping us from doing what God's called us to do? Is it maybe just a little, a little sin that we're just still kind of messing with? Is it some thought processes we have? Do we, do we believe that God's promises are yes and amen? And if we don't, that's going to be our whole back bar. We just won't get off the deck no matter how much we want to, no matter how much training we have, it will keep us in place. Zero to 180 in 1.3 seconds. That's a ride, folks. And you can see, it's a little rough, isn't it? But you know what? When God thrusts us out someplace, it can seem a little bit scary. Yeah. It can be a little bit rough. That's good. See that pilot? He took his hands off the control. He knew it was about to happen. He trusted the thrust. Yeah. He trusted his training. <laughs> and if we will let go and yield yeah. to what God's called us to do, They'll take us on our mission. Let's see that last video. That's you. Amen. That's you right there. Will you trust the thrust? Give him the thumbs up, and he will send you on your mission. There, come on up here. Can y'all give John another hand clap, please? Man, it is so good to see all your beautiful faces here this morning. Amen. Hey, we survived Blizzard 2017. <laughs> we will rebuild. Yeah. It's so funny. I used to give you guys a hard time when I first moved here six years ago. It's a little bit of, little bit of dusting on the ground. They, they take all the bread off the shelves, and you can't get nothing for a good day. But I will tell you, this morning when I was driving in, 
I was a little white knuckle. Yeah, I can get white knuckle. <laughs> Any little dark spot on the road will mess, that black ice will mess your mind up. <laughs> so, so, but thank y'all for being here. So happy to see each and every one of you here this morning. Hey, 2017, what a year it's been for TWBC. What a year it's been for TWBC. Man, I am so excited for what God is getting ready to do in this next year. But TWBC in 2017 has done some things this year. We set out a goal to ignite nations. We've done that. We've done that. We set out a goal to impact the four-state region. We've done that. We set a goal to influence our 20-mile radius. We're doing that. But what I want to tell you is because 2017 ends tonight, reach does not end tonight. Reach does not end tonight. And a lot of us, this time of year, we tend to uh, sit back and evaluate the things that we set out 365 days ago to see if we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. You know, sometimes we say, okay, we hit that mark, we hit that mark, we hit that mark, ah, I need to work on that mark. Hey, I wanted to lose weight. I think I gained weight this year. <laughs> 2018 is my year. <laughs> my year. But one of the things that we wanted to do this year, uh, what Pastor challenged us to do was say, lead one soul to Christ. And I know a lot of us, when he said that, you can see it on your face. Man, I don't even like to talk to people, let alone trying to lead somebody to Christ. But what you don't realize is you have planted a seed this year in many places without even realizing it. You know, we had some pigs at our house uh, out in uh, Picton area and, and <laughs> yeah, Picton. out in Picton area and, and you know, my wife and daughter, and we would take feed over to the pigs every now and then. And, you know, I noticed something back in October. I was walking out to the field and I'm like, where did that corn stalk come from? We didn't realize that we had dropped food for the pigs and it started growing. We didn't realize that we had placed a seed, a planted a seed, and it started growing. Come on, that's good. And that brought me, some, brought me to, to a story I wanted to kind of share with you guys. There was this old CEO. He was coming into He was very successful as a Christian man. He was coming to the point where he's getting ready to retire. So he thought, okay. I don't think any of my kids are ready. Uh, I don't think any of my directors are ready. So I'm going to try something a little different. So he was led by God to call all of his executives in. He said, look here, well, this is what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to give each and every one of you a seed. Now, this is a pecan, just so you guys can see it. But I'm going to give each and every one of you a seed. We're going to sit back 365 days from now, and we're going to judge how you raised your plant over the next year. I'm going to sit and decide who is going to be the next CEO of this company by what you do with your seed. So his chief executive, chief, I'm sorry, chief financial officer went home, bought him a flower pot, got some dirt in it, talked to his wife and said, honey, this is what's going on. I'm so excited. We get the opportunity to be able to raise this. Plant the seed, water it, nurture it, raise it. So in 365 days from now, I have the opportunity to become CEO of the company. 
She was excited. She helped him along with this. So that every day, he would get up, Jim would water it, fertilize it, nurture it, puts it up in the window so it can get the best sunlight. A week goes by. He's checking the plant. Nothing's growing. Two weeks go by. Nothing's growing. He's at work. He's hearing about all the, hearing these other executives talk about how their plants are growing, how they're flourishing, how, how some have got trees, some have different flowers, just different things. And Jim is sitting back like, I'm doing everything I can. This seed is not growing. Is there something wrong with me? This seed is not growing. How many of you out there, you have, you've been praying for your family, you've been praying for your coworker, you've been praying for these different people in your life to come to Christ. Seed is not growing. But you continue to nurture it, you continue to water it, you continue to fertilize it. Six months go by, Jim is looking. There ain't nothing happening in that pot. There ain't nothing happening in that flower pot. All the other young executives there, they're just talking how big their trees are growing in their flower pots, how, how the things are flourishing in their life. Jim is still waiting to see a bud. Come on, that's good, man. It came time for all the executives to come in. And Jim, Jim said, look, honey, I'm not. He talked to his wife. He said, honey, I am not going to embarrass myself. I'm not taking an empty pot. In. And she said, just look at it. Look at it. You've done everything you could this year. Look what you've done. So she convinced him that it's a good idea. Just go in and tell him exactly what happened, just to be honest. Jim walks into the boardroom. Him and his empty pot. <laughs> of course, Jim is trying to hide. He's sitting in the back. The other executives are laughing at him. You had 365 days and you did nothing. 365 days, you have nothing to show for. The CEO walks into the room. Of course, Jim steps back, <laughs> trying to hide behind all the other young executives, and, and uh, so just, just trying to just get through the day. He knows that this is over with. Executive walked in, the, the CEO walks in, he said, hey, what a lot of beautiful plants I see here. What a lot of trees you guys have done over the year. And he's examining the room, and he sees Jim in the back. And he said, hey, you. Jim says, me? You, come here. So you can, can you only imagine Jim walking up, trying to hide his pot? CEO says, what happened? He said, well, I watered this thing every day for 365 days. I fertilized it every day for 365 days. I put it in the best sunlight of my house for 365 days. The CEO looked at his pot and he looked at Jim. He said, come with me. And all the other executives were laughing and, 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 and joking around at Jim. Some of them felt sorry for him. Executive came up to the front, the CEO came to the front and says, hey, everybody take a seat. I want you to meet your next CEO, Jim here. And Jim is saying, how in the world do I deserve to be CEO of this company when I can't even get a flower or a tree or whatever it is to grow in my flower pot? The other executive looking and says, 
You're playing favorites here. He didn't do anything right. Look at our tree. Look at our plants. Everything we have is green and growing up. The CEO looked at him. He says, 365 days ago, I gave each and every one of you boil seed. That seed was dead. So you all went out and bought plants when you realized that your plant didn't grow. Jim is the only one that came through and did what I was looking for. In 2017, we feel like that what we've been, who we've been trying to reach or the thing that we've been going through in our life seemed like nothing is happening at all. God says keep watering it. Keep fertilizing it. Keep putting it in the sunlight. It's going to grow. And I want, you, I want to read something to you here um, in Genesis 1, 9 through 12. And I, this is the creation of the seven days. And I find this very interesting that on the third day, and a lot of great things happen in threes. On the third day, it says, Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place. So dry ground may appear, and that is what happened. God called the dry ground land, and the waters seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God said that it was good. What you got to realize, seeds are not for planting. They're for duplicating. We're duplicating Christ-like people. We're duplicating people for the kingdom. Just because you didn't see fruit from what you have put into this past year does not mean that it's going to grow. It's, it's not going to grow. If I can have our, our ministry team come up, we'll close this out pretty soon. But I want to read a few things for us. If you plant honesty, you will reap trust. If you plant goodness, you will reap friends. If you plant humility, you will reap greatness. If you plant perseverance, you will reap contentment. If you plant consideration, you will reap perspective. If you plant hard work, you will reap success. If you plant forgiveness, you will reap reconciliation. If you plant faith in Christ, you will reap a harvest. So each one of you, that if you have a seed that you're waiting to grow, keep watering it. Keep fertilizing it. In the spiritual realm, God says, put it in the best window of your house and let my sun shine on it. And I'm not talking about the S-U-N, I'm talking about the S-O-N. It is only with Christ that we will see our seeds flourish. Jason, you're jumping out at me, brother. I tell you, God is about to place you in a position.
when you sow your seeds, you get more in your harvest. Continue to keep sowing your seed, brother. Fair one can stand with me. If you have anything that you want to give to the sun this, this morning, this is your opportunity. You can come up here and lay it on your own here at the altar. Any one of these ministers will be able to come up here and pray with you. But stop doing it, trying to do it on your own. It says, give it to my son. And Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the peace that you give us. We thank you for trusting the thrust. Lord, but we thank you for the seeds that we have planted and you're getting ready to grow. 2018 is going to be a year where the harvest will be reaped and it will be reaped to the fullest. We will see growth in every area of our life here at this church. We will see growth in every area of our life, uh, in your life. But God wants to do a work in each and every one of them. Reach does not end after the day. The groundwork has been started and it's only the beginning. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you this day. In Jesus' name, amen.